shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey, what is going on, fam? It is Thursday, April 14th, 2022. This is episode 54. Y'all ready for this? Come on. What is good, fam? Welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode 54 of the Human Hope Podcast with your host. Let's say it together. Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibol Cabello. And I'm here for you. You, your mama too, and your dog, and whoever else is listening to the podcast today. I'm grateful that you decided to devote a few more minutes of your week to hang out with me and try to find a little bit of hope in humanity. Um, I am not, I am not the example of human hope, but I tell you one thing, I have found hope in humans and uh, I'm going to continue to point you to different people uh, that I feel can help you in looking and receiving and staying in a space of hope. And today's conversation, uh, we're actually, we're going to put some, uh, Oh, I don't know. Some sticky tape to hope. We're going to put some sticky tape to to actually the power of hope and healing, the healing power of hope in your life. And I'm not just talking about spiritually healing or like healing of your, you know, your wounds from the past. I'm talking about like like literally healing your physical body. Can hope actually do that? Well, I think it can. Um, and not only I think it can, it's been proven that it can, and we're going to get into that conversation in just a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, let's let, let me, let me go ahead and bring this to the human hope side. Now, I know a lot of my Insta familia, um, listeners knows the, um, oh man, what, what would I even, how, how would I even explain what I went through? I I'll go ahead and say I subjected myself 
to my very first office episode. And I actually haven't on Instagram. This is purely just for the human hope family. I haven't told everybody what I, what I thought. Did I like it? Like, I, like I've never watched an episode of my, of the office in my entire life ever. Why? Well, every time somebody has been watching the office around me and I, I do, you know, I walk into the room and I watch it for a few minutes. I'm like, that's not funny. So I would, I would just constantly like skip it. I would, I'd be like, Oh, I mean, whatever. So, and then, you know, I would try to watch an, an episode, the whole thing. And I just never got into it. I couldn't get into it. So I made the mistake of a few weeks ago explaining to the Insta Familia that I've never seen an, an entire episode of the office Shit's Creek parks and rec or any of that sort of humorous sitcomish stuff. I never, I'd never seen an episode. So I decided I am going to live on Instagram, watch an episode. So you, you can go, you can watch the, watch me, watch it live on my Instagram. Okay. It's a 22 minute episode. There's a 25 minute live video. You can watch it. It's there. But at the end, okay, and I laughed a couple times, like whatever. I mean, I didn't think it was hilarious, but you know, I also didn't want to hurt people's feelings. So there may have been one or two courtesy laughs, uh, but most of them were true. Most of them were real. And 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 again, I I asked people what episode I should watch first, and it came down to three that were overwhelmingly the popular choices. It was the injury diversity training, maybe. And dinner party, I think. Uh, and I chose the injury because that's what everyone says I needed to do. So I watched the injury and I liked it. It was fine. But I, I mean, look, can I just, let's call a spade a spade. It it takes a certain kind of, of oh, sense of humor to appreciate that show. You know, um, I, I think there's a couple problems too, in particular with me and my lack of love for the office. Okay. And again, th- this is, I think, I think it's all subjective because I've actually never like truly worked in a office like that. Now I've worked at like in churches, but it's different, right? Like I've worked in at like North Point Community Church in Atlanta. I mean, that that's like, I mean, that's just like corporate of an office as you'll find in a church space. And yeah, you know, I mean, we had different personalities or whatever, but like, it wasn't like that. I've never, I've never experienced that. And I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here, but I I feel like maybe you got to, in order to enjoy it, maybe you have to have worked in an office. So I think that's, that's number one. So I've never done that. Um, And then I also think that there's just, you know, some people just laugh at different kinds of things. I, I, you, you know, here's a comedy that, that I, I've laughed at. I used to laugh at modern family. There's something about that show made me laugh, not die, but I, I wasn't like, I didn't become like a modern family uh, apologist or evangelist. I'm telling you guys, if you would have seen some of the DMS I got from people, people were typing paragraphs. It had to have taken them 30 minutes to type some of the DMS they were sending me about how I need to not watch season one, start with season two, and then skip to season three, episode 14, and then go back to season one, because by that point I'll be able to like you know, all the, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend that much time to like a show. And then I was getting the the comparisons of like, well, I mean, Carlos, you have to watch the, you have to watch all the seasons in order to really appreciate it. I mean, you would never tell somebody to, you know, to stop reading your book after the first five pages, like they'd have to read the whole thing. And I'm like, well, 
If they don't like the first five pages, they're probably not going to like the rest of the book. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, you know, people people are all about it. I'm, you know, I'm an evangelist for some weird things too. Um, all that to say, I I enjoyed my journey with the office. I enjoyed it, but I, I'm probably I'm probably not going to watch very many more. I, I I may start start at the beginning and give that a shot, uh, but apparently that's a bad idea. But it, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll like it that way. So. Just so you guys know, my final thoughts on The Office is, you know, I give it, again, and I know I just watched one episode, but it gets a five out of 10. You want to know what kind of shows I do love are like thrillers, right? Like, like I like Lost, um, like that kind of stuff. Stranger Things, you know, the the recent show that I love is, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, Severance. <gasps> oh my Oh my freaking, oh, oh my, I mean, that show is mind blowing. But like every night, like I stay up till two in the morning, like my eyelid has been twitching the last four days because I haven't gotten any sleep because I've been watching Severance and it's, it's, it was a great show. It's, it is a great show. No, I'm not going to give anything away. It's on Apple plus um, and it's mind blowing. So that's the kind of stuff I like, right? Thrillers keep you coming back for more uh, because I mean, that that's what they're supposed to be. Um, so yeah, maybe that, maybe I'm just, maybe I don't have a sense of humor. I mean, we can, we can say that. Maybe I just don't have one. I mean, what stuff do I laugh at? Like I, I laugh at like Eddie Murphy raw, the stand up special that I had on a VHS tape when I was a kid, you know? So, I mean, I like stand up comedy. I just don't like, I just didn't love the office. Okay. I'm sorry. I've also never seen friends. Okay. I've just never seen cheers. Like I've never Seinfeld. I've never seen an episode of Seinfeld. Just no desire. Can I get a witness? Am I the only one? I can't be the only one. Um, okay. Enough of that. Let's get into the conversation today. Hey, this one, this, this, this episode of human hope is going to comparatively speaking to the last three episodes feel like like a like a cliff note version like this this episode is going to go by fast so i want you guys to just soak everything in um human hope hope we're talking about hope right we're and there, there's a reason why we talk about hope here because i believe that people are desperate for hope i believe that we're living in a hopeless society um not hopeless as in there's no hope but hopeless and that's how people feel and i came across the story of somebody that, um, oh my gosh, there's, how, how can I introduce her without giving the whole thing away? Uh, her name is Dr. Jen Pratt with two T's. And uh, Dr. Pratt, she's a pediatric physician. And here's her story. She's caring for kids in, like right now, like her patients or children in a hospital in Minnesota, in the very same hospital where she was treated for cancer when she was a kid. And like her story came full circle. So like I heard about this story and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to talk to her. Like I want to talk to her um, about what it was that, like how did this full circle thing happen and what got her through it? And then the, the more I started digging down, I realized, wow, she was a recipient of Make-A-Wish. You guys know Make-A-Wish? I mean, we all know Make-A-Wish, right? It's been it's been on you know, a lot of TV shows. It's just been part of current culture for a long time, as long as I've been alive. Um, and there were some misconceptions. I think I, 
I had about make a wish that she's going to clear up. She was a make a wish kid. She's going to talk about her her wish that she got. And here's, here's what I, the main reason I wanted her on the show is I wanted it. I wanted her as a physician now to talk about some of the studies that have been done that correlate having a hope in your heart for something and how that hope can actually translate to physical healing. It's mind blowing. There's been studies done that say that hope that you have in something when you're devastated, just having hope can actually manifest itself in physical healing. So that is where we are going. Without further ado, sit back and enjoy this conversation with our brand new friend, Dr. Jen Pratt. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Human Hope Familia, we have, just as I have introduced already, Dr. Jen Pratt on the show. And I've, I'm really super excited about this conversation because I think that it may shift a little perspective as to hope being something that's not just like for, for our hearts, but maybe hope is something that actually can manifest physically uh, inside of us. So uh, Dr. Jen, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to the Human Hope family uh, and let us know a little bit about what you do. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me today. Uh, I am Dr. Jen Pratt, and I am a pediatric hospitalist at Children's Minnesota. Uh, So I take care of hospitalized children. That's kind of my specialty. Um, I'm here uh, to talk a little more to how hope can really uh, help with the healing process, how it's benefited me and how I've seen this benefit many of my patients. Yes. No, I love that. How hope can, you know, benefit a lot of, um, a lot of my, my listeners have been on a, on a journey with my family. I've, I've, we've vlogged and I've shared, I share my entire life on Instagram a lot. And we had, uh, we had a situation where my, my 17 year old daughter went into Vanderbilt University Medical Center for an entire month. And we were, you know, we're, we're in there. And so I, I would say up until that point in 2019, um, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I don't think I was familiar with the uh, medical field and that's right. When somebody goes into the hospital like that, right. And then suddenly you are, um, you're looking at things from an entirely different point of view. And so, you know, while we're in there, we're falling in love with the doctors and the nurses. And, uh, you know, some days are extremely hope filled. Um, some days maybe our hope is, you know, um, is taken away from data or um, findings or whatever it is. But, you know, I think the doctors and the nurses that we connected to always carried a little bit of hope inside of them, whether or not what they were telling us uh, was hopeful, it was always inside of them. And so, you know, can you, can you talk to us a little bit just about what it's, you know, what, what it's like as a doctor um, to, to have these relationships with 
patience in their families uh, and be able to be hope-filled and giving human hope to them, even when sometimes maybe the news that you're delivering isn't the most Mm hope-filled? Yeah, well, I can tell you from personal experience and my experience working with hospitalized children that hope is extremely powerful. And it's something that I really believe like we can instill into the care of every child and every family, no matter what the prognosis or circumstances. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, It's not just about statistics. Uh, It really comes down to treating the whole child, the whole family, and providing a safe environment that can validate some of the struggles and the traumatic stress that families go through with a long hospital stay, like you probably experienced yourself. Uh, But also be there in a way where we can keep things positive, give families something to look forward to, um, and really give them a reason to continue to keep fighting and keep going. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and that reason, and at least from my perspective, sometimes that reason, what the only reason that I could grab a hold of was, was a smile that I got from our, our doctor on the way out or from, you know, a nurse saying, you know what, I'm going to check on that one more time. And it is, it's, it's treating the entire, not even just the patient, but the patient's family, uh, Mm -hmm. because we were all, you know, interconnected in that season. Um, so, you know, I'd love to get a little bit into your story, which is one of the reasons I wanted, I wanted to talk to you on the show today. Um, your story well, let's let's go to the let's go to the current version of who you are right now. Okay, so you are Doctor Jen Pratt. You're uh, you're working as now. Are you working at a hospital or a clinic or? Yep. So I'm a pediatric hospitalist. So I work uh, at Children's Minnesota, which is a network of hospitals in the Twin Cities area, and it just happens to be the same hospital that I was treated at as a child. So it's really come full circle for me to wow. be back. Of where I started. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's 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 go to the beginning of the circle then. So <laughs> if, if we're if we're full circle now, and you're now treating uh, children um, at at this hospital, talk to us about. Uh, let's go back to the beginning and about when you um, became a patient there when you were a little kid. Yeah. So my story starts um, kind of rewind several decades yeah. ago to the nineties. So I was twenty eight years old. Um, when, um, or sorry, 28 years ago, when I was 10 years old, I was diagnosed with a bone tumor, um, osteosarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer. And this, um, happened, you know, I was a normal kid. I, I was playing sports, basketball, figure skating, and I just had a nagging pain in my knee. I thought I had a minor injury. So, Fortunately, the pain didn't go away and eventually, you know, I was brought to my pediatrician and luckily um, they were able to pick up uh, the abnormality on an x-ray right away. And I was referred to Children's uh, Minnesota for further evaluation that later that day. Um, From that point on, it really was a whirlwind. I think any family that you talk to that has a child with a critical illness with a cancer diagnosis, they'll tell you that in a second, everything changed when they heard. And from that point on, um, we really, 
became um, just engulfed in the medical system. The hospital really was my second home. And there were tests and procedures and chemotherapy, which kept me in the hospital for long periods of time. And I really wasn't feeling great in between. So it was a long struggle. Um, it was it was really hard. <laughs> wow. Well, how... Um, okay, so, so with that cancer diagnosis, um, you know, what, what were your, what was your family told? Like what, you know, what, what was kind of the prognosis when you were, when you were told that? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would say everyone was very hopeful, which was important yeah. as a child, you know, I, I could feel that energy you of could. from the beginning and that really kind of set, set the framework, um, for my journey. Uh, but, you know, now as a phys- physician, I can look back and see that, you know, it, it really wasn't very certain. Wow. Um, you know, survival rates for this disease range from 60 to 70% um, before you are able to tell if the disease is metastatic um, and can certainly vary a lot on prognosis depending on the extent of disease. Um and even in those first few conversations that we had with um, orthopedics, the oncologist, you know, I learned maybe I would lose my leg. Mm. Um, things that were pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily, I was able to have um, a limb salvage procedure at the Mayo Clinic um, and have a functional limb at this point, which I'm really um, grateful for. Uh but it wasn't certain from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just trying to stay in that mindset of being hopeful that was so important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you talk about being hopeful uh, in that season. Um, w- one of the things that I know allowed you to continue to focus on something hopeful uh, is what was, was make a wish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was, uh, you know, and I'll go ahead. I, I am every man in America, right? I, I'll go ahead and say who I am when I hear make a wish. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've seen the videos. Um, I've seen kids at Disneyland or whatever it may be. And I'll, I will go ahead and, and admit readily that I just assumed that, and I, and maybe I say assumed with an ED, uh, we can go ahead and take the D off of that. And, and up until this moment, assume that, these children that are granted wishes, this is like the, this is, this is the final wish of in their lives. This is, um, uh, you know, they've, they've been told that there's no more hope. So at least, uh, we can give them something special before they go. Um, and from (laughs) reading a little bit about your story, obviously I don't have to read anything. You're sitting in front of me on my computer right now. So talk to us about when make a wish came in and kind of how that infused hope into you. And then I want to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty on maybe what that did to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you're absolutely right that that's a common misconception that children who receive a wish are terminal. Yeah. That's not the case. It's actually most children who are wish recipients go on to survive their illness, which is very important. Yeah, that is so important. Oh my goodness. And, you know, the wish experience really instills hope into that really difficult journey. 
so for me personally, my wish um, came about at a time, it was really hard. I had just had a major reconstructive surgery on my leg. Yeah. Was going through um, really, really difficult chemotherapy. I was missing out on school and sports and all of the normal kid stuff. And then we were referred to Make a Wish. And I was able to come up with a wish. And I mean, to be a kid and be told, like, <laughs> what do you what do you want to wish for? I mean, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. So you know, I really feel like it helped me reclaim a part of my childhood mm. that was taken away from me by this illness. And it was a turning point. Uh, during what was a really tough point in my treatment, I was able to think beyond that. Mm. And really, you know, think about um, what I was going to do after, what I was going to do to celebrate what I had just gone through. Yeah. Um, so we purposely timed my wish trip, um, decided it was going to be a trip um, to after uh, my chemotherapy. So uh, it was, we were counting down to it. Wow. Um, yeah. So in terms of my wish, I um, was really, really into drawing and art and um, using that as a distraction from the therapies. Sure. And, you know, like any kid, um, you know, loved Disney movies and loved, um, you know, the drawing the characters and that sort of thing. So my wish was to go to Disney World and meet an animator. Oh, wow. Uh, which was, um, I mean, it was amazing. It was a dream come true for me to even think about that. Um, and really a dream for my whole family. I had a younger sister uh, who was about five years younger than me, um, who also was significantly impacted. Huh. So it wasn't and, just you. It was your, I mean, your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think, you know, any family who's gone through this before, I will tell you, gosh, it, it affects every single member of the family yeah. in a profound way. Um, and so, you know, to be able to go on this trip and um, kind of it validated what I had been through and it also gave me hope and something to look forward to. Yeah, that's, that's great. So you, you, you get your wish that's after the, after your treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what made you decide to, you know, as you're, you're, you're getting your teen years and then your twenties and you know what, I'm, I want to go back and, and help kids just like I was helped. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it really hit me during treatment. As you know, I'm going to all these appointments and sitting in the hospital and interacting so much with medical staff. It really hit me that I had a very unique perspective to turn around and help other children and families down the road. And I remember one day sitting in, you know, the doctor's office for like a follow-up appointment after my treatment had ended. And my mom looked at my doctor and said, so she's going to be you one day. She's going to come back here, <laughs> a doctor here. And, you know, I, I, I have to say it, like, I never doubted that I would do anything else. I was very, oh, very, wow. at that point that that is what I would do. And from, you know, that day forward, that, that was my goal. That was my mindset. And 
I'm extremely fortunate to be where I am today and have the privilege to help other families and children that are going through these traumatic experiences and hopefully instill a little bit of hope. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You see, people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, under eating and overeating. Listen, I know when I'm stressed out because the two things that I do is I don't sleep enough and I eat too much. So when I know that I'm stressed out, I show up at my therapist. Why? Because they can help me with my stress. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, grind all the time, here is your reminder taken from Lowe's himself to do less and maybe try some therapy. I love my therapist and I love my betterhelp.com therapist. Absolutely every other week I am on here either texting or I am doing a face-to-face appointment. Listen, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. All right, listen, Human Hope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash human hope. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash human hope. According to the New York Times, more than twice as many kids have been exposed to pornography online as their parents realize. And honestly, that's terrifying. But Canopy, a new next generation digital parenting app, it is here to make the internet safer for your kids by ensuring they never see graphic sexual content, even by accident. Canopy blocks explicit images and videos on every single website. Its advanced AI filtering technology works on smartphones, tablets, and computers. To learn more, visit canopy.us slash human hope and use promo code human hope at checkout to get 30 days free and 15% off forever. Unfortunately, the internet is full of explicit content, but with Canopy, your internet does not have to be. Now let's 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 talk about something that really my mouth dropped when I when I read and started looking at a little bit of the research um, that that there's there's actually been studies done on like the mental and emotional well being you know of of what a wish does and how 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 when kids do again have a wish or when an adult has hope in something you know that that there can be a positive outcome on something talk to us about about not only maybe that study, but what you see as a physician uh, when it comes to hope and healing and how they are, you know, h- how they coincide with each other and really walk hand in hand. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, well, what's really exciting is that Make-A-Wish uh, did a wish impact study last year that really um, looked at what are the effects of a wish uh, on families on wish recipients and the perception of doctors, um, how they feel the wish impacted their patients. Um, and really the results are astounding. Uh, and I, I mean, I believe it, I lived it. Yeah. So I know this is absolutely true. Uh, but 
over 94% of parents recalled seeing improvement in their child's emotional well-being. Um, and 91% of parents reported that the wish gave their child actually a better chance of surviving their illness. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. Um, there, we know that wishes improve quality of life. They bring families closer together. They're helping boost self-esteem. And most importantly, they're really helping instill that sense of hope wow. in their journey. Uh, I know that doctors, as part of the study, also said that they felt as though their parent, their patient's um, sense of emotional well-being was improved, and that in turn their outcomes seemed to be improved. Wow, which is amazing. I mean, we know we know that mental health really translates to physical health, um, and there's a very strong connection there. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me at all the results of these studies the study. It's very, very clear to me that um, wishes do so much um, in terms of instilling the sense of hope and the impact is long lasting. Yeah, It's not a day. It's not a trip. The impact goes on for years after the wish is complete. Tell me this. Um, when, when your wish was, was granted and you got to meet an animator, um, what was your relationship with with Make a Wish after uh, after the after the wish was you know was granted? Yeah, yeah. So I have been really fortunate to be able to stay involved in the organization. Uh, I am now a medical advisor for Make a Wish Minnesota, so I help review wish eligibility and travel safety for wish recipients, uh, which is great. I you know I've been able to review cases that were similar to myself. There's a lot of, you know, kids that are asking for the similar, you know, same wish that yeah. I did. Um, so, so that's been really fulfilling. I also had the experience just a couple of weeks ago to return to the place where I was able to um, celebrate my wish. Okay. Um, and that's at Give Kids a World Village in Orlando, which is where a lot of the wish recipients um, go to that are going to the Orlando area parks. Okay. And so I was able to travel there with my parents, my sister, who are all on the original wish trip. That's awesome. And it was so cool. So they have a little castle there where every child who visits writes their name on a star and they put it up um, on the ceiling of this castle. And it's now been 27 years okay. since my, and my star still stands up there. I was able to find it. I love you it. Know, my handwriting being like a younger child. And I mean, it's so cool to think about, gosh, you know, I was there 27 years ago, um, celebrating what I had overcome, thinking about the future. And now I'm able to come back and really just reflect on that experience um, and how powerful that's been in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you think that uh, there is a not only a connection that now I'm now I'm just talking about uh, Jen. We're not talking to Doctor Jen right now. We're just going to talk to Jen for a second and and her human heart. But um, uh, you know, one of the things that I uh, that we've done on my Instagram uh, the last year, the last nine months, uh, we've raised over a million dollars, literally in Venmo and PayPal donations for like 
just people in need that I run across at the airport or, you know, people, you know, that I, that I hear about on social media that need, need financial assistance. Um, what, what would you say that, or how, oh, I want to make sure I ask this correctly for the, for the giver, for the person that, that is, is giving, you know, I mean, I would, I would only assume working for make a wish could probably be the greatest job on the planet because all, all you're doing is making dreams come true. Right. Um, and, and so I know that I've, I've seen a little bit of that just in my, I call them the Insta familia community where we have pulled our, our resources together. Somebody gives a dollar, somebody gives $5 and suddenly those $3 donations turned into $140,000 for somebody that was, you know, in desperate need. What would you say is the benefit of giving? What What would you say? Because um, you, you've you've received right, you've received the gift um, of the wish. But what would you say is the benefit of of helping someone else uh, have have a wish come true? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, you know that I think that's a great question. I think in a way it it makes me personally feel connected to that spirit of hope that Make a Wish is giving to children and families. Um, it just, I feel like I'm a part of it yeah. when I'm able to give or donate my time and it's, um, it has an effect on you, you know? Yeah. Um, I have, you know, personally benefited from a wish and I've seen so many of my patients benefit from wishes it's amazing. They just, they light up when they talk about their wishes. And I know that for me, it was one of my most cherished childhood memories. Yeah. And for these kids and families, it's, I'm sure one of the best days of their lives um, during what was a really hard time. Yeah. So I just can't say enough, um, you know, good things about it. And to be able to be a part of it is just incredible. So good. Uh, what are some ways that that people that are listening, some of the Human Hope listeners, can be a part of you know uh, of 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 Make a Wish? Yeah. So you know, I would really encourage you to go go check out wish.org, uh, learn more about the Wish Impact Study and how you can become involved in the organization. There's a lot of opportunities out there, uh, and you know, I, I'd say, you know, kids, families need you and they need us to advocate for them and help spread the spirit of hope. Yeah, that's great. If there are, if I have listeners that are maybe on, uh, on the side of the story in their lives right now, where maybe they do have, they're, they're in the hospital. I, they're, you know, they, they have a child that's going through, um, a, a hard season medically. Uh, what are ways that, that maybe they can ask for a wish? Like how, how does, how does that kind of work? Absolutely. So I would uh, recommend that they reach out to their medical team, whether it be their physician or if they have a social worker or someone else that's working with them, uh, and ask about Make-A-Wish. See if they feel like they would be eligible for a wish and they can always apply and um, we can get the process going. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, a- any other, any other wishful lasting thoughts that you'd love to leave with the human hope family? This has been such a, an incredible conversation. Um, you know, I, I know for me uh, specifically that, you know, hope has always been something that, that I know, we, you know, 
there are physical manifestations of hope that happen, healing that happens in our bodies uh, when our when our spirits, our minds, and our bodies are all connected. Uh, anything that you'd love to leave with the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's important that in some of the most challenging things that we need to face, um, that we keep hope alive and we focus on the positive things and how we can really come together to support each other and keep that that feeling of hope alive. I love it. Thanks so much, Dr. Jen. Thanks so much. Dr. Jen Pratt, our resident pediatrician here on the Human Hope Podcast. Wow. Who, who knew that just giving somebody hope could accelerate their healing? You know, I mean, so many things, my brain was rocked. I had no idea about the whole Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, if you guys want to find out more, you can uh, follow them on Twitter at Make-A-Wish. Fantastic. On Instagram, Make-A-Wish America. And uh, also, if you just go to www.wish.org, you guys can be a part of helping some kids get their wishes. You know, I, I really want us to not only take away the amazing things that Make-A-Wish is doing and that Dr. Pratt is doing as well, but I would love for us to just think, what, what is what's something, what is a wish I could make come true? for somebody in my life this week, you know, because we never know what even tiny, small, miraculous moments that we place in other people's lives can do for them. I mean, well, now we do, right? There's studies that are done. Now we know. So, I mean, just think for a second, like as you're driving, as you're doing the dishes, as you're doing whatever it is you're doing right now, what is one small wish you can grant for somebody else this week? I'm telling you, it will not only accelerate physical healing in their body, but I think, I hadn't done this research yet, but I think it does something inside of our bodies too. I know I feel better when I give. I know my, my body feels better, my mind feels better when I give somebody something that they didn't even know they needed. Fam, that is it. We did it. Another episode of the Human Hope Podcast is wrapping up. I'm so grateful uh, that you guys jump in here every single week. Listen, I actually want you guys to do something for me this week. For me, for, for Carlitos. I would love for you to email me at carlos at carloswhitaker.com. That's two T's. And I'm the one that's going to get this email, okay? Not another teammate, me. And I want you to tell me if, again, and some of you guys have done this already, this is actually where this guest came from. But if you know somebody that would be a great guest on the Human Hope Podcast, and actually, I would love people that nobody has ever heard of before. That's the thing I loved about Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen, like, I'm not sure how many of you guys have ever heard of Dr. Jen, but we got her story and it is a new story for us. It's a new story for everybody. So if you guys know of people whose lives are inspirational and filled with hope, please don't hesitate to email me at carlos at carloswhitaker.com and we will do our best to work through those emails and uh, find some incredible guests for the show. Uh, Also, you know, if you have topics that you'd love for us to cover, 
A lot of times I do guests. A lot of times I'm just, it's just me talking. A lot of times it's me and my wife talking. If there's some topics that you guys feel would be an important topic for us to address here on Human Hope, we would love to do that as well. And with that, I'd love to ask you to also please leave a review and subscribe wherever it is you listen to this podcast. It really helps get the show in front of other people, friends, and family. That is it. Carlos Enrique with the Guzman saying thank you so much for hanging out with us here at Human Hope. And we will see you next week on another episode. See you later. We'll be right